0: The Bombers' first loss of the season. Did you see it coming? I think it was 9% of the people who voted on our very unofficial Twitter poll in the pregame show said their their Bombers' win streak would stop at 9. Well, they were right. 20-17, to 17, the final. In overtime, Bombers had it set up just perfectly. Perfectly. March the ball down the field. Things go their way. 32-yard field goal attempt for Leggio. Let's walk off. Let's go to the bye week 10-0. And then sometimes, into every life, a little, a little rain must fall. Leggio misses the field goal. They go to overtime. The defense holds Montreal to a field goal, which was no sure thing because David Cote, a couple quarters earlier, had donked one off the uprights. He makes his kick. Bombers take the field. All right, let's get this to us. Let's win it. Let's get it to a second overtime. Let's see what's happening here. And Leggio takes his turn to hit one off the upright on what would have been the game winner. How are you feeling about that? How are you feeling about 9 and 0? Oh? We're doing our best to connect with the with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. It's a bye week. He's uh he's away out of town. We're hoping to get him in, but in the meantime, you and I can have a little conversation about football and then we can uh, hope to to get in touch. With the coach, you can always get me on Twitter at DT on OB. Plenty of you have sent me questions there already. Uh, Folks on the phone line, Kate and Steve are with us on the phone line as well. We're going to talk all about Blue Bomber football as we uh, wait to connect with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. You know what? Let's let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. And Kate is with us. Kate, welcome to the coach's show.
1: Hey, thanks. So I'll state the obvious. It sucks to lose. But on the other hand, the fact that it took 10 games for that feeling to appear, pretty grateful for that. I'm sure every other fan base would like to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, a little historical perspective, 1960 Bombers, that was all the talk. We were going to uh, match that record. I'm not sure that everybody's aware we didn't win the Grey Cup that year. It was a two out of three the format for the Western Final, and we lost two out of three to Edmonton, so maybe some small silver lining there. Mm -hmm. And were Coach O'Shea on the line, I would ask him, so maybe you can ask on my behalf, what was the experience like getting a football field named after him? He was in North Bay. They were dedicating their football field, so I wanted to ask how that felt for him.
0: Yeah, Ed oh, Tate's got a terrific story of that on on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' site about O'Shea being honored this weekend. Well, let me let me ask you, Kate, how do you feel about being nine and one through ten games?
1: I love it. I've been I'm sixty nine years old, and I saw my first game in nineteen fifty eight at the age of five. I've seen them go up and down. I've been in the stadium when they've won a great Cup. I lived in Edmonton, unfortunately, through the Warren Moon years, where I was watched five. <laughs> yeah, they still—they took a lot out of the atmosphere at yeah. those. Every year. So yeah. putting everything in perspective, 2001 was it, where we went when we had uh, the Swaggerville and everything that was supposed to be our year, and it wasn't. So I'm grateful for the last two seasons. I'm grateful for the fact that I think we're the class of the, the league. Uh, BC is a little, you know, that they concern me a little bit. They're doing pretty damn good, and they've got quite the offense. But yeah. We handled them pretty good when we were in BC. So I don't care what the final tally is at the end of the season, wins, losses, as long as the final's here, we win the Western final and we win the Great Cup. Those are the only two games left on the schedule that really mattered
0: to me anyways. Kate, so. that that's perfect perspective. they they have the inside track to host the West final. The team that's only two wins behind them, the bombers beat them by three scores in their park. Yeah. So yeah, and it's
1: gives some you know, if people would can you imagine the pressure that kid is under. I mean everybody that sits on their couch and when really he should have done this, he should have done that. These guys aren't robots. They're human beings and yeah, maybe he I don't know if it was pressure or not, or just he yeah, was due for a couple of bad kicks, but I'm sure the team's standing behind them for as long as they can. And I'm not into, I'm not one of those fans that's calling for their heads the minute they make one mistake. Sorry.
0: I like it's it. Me, so. Well, Kate, thanks for your call. When we get, when we get coach you O'Shea betcha. on the line, I'll post him your question about uh, his brand new Appreciate field, Michael Shea field in North Bay.
1: You betcha. Have a great show.
0: Thanks, Bye. Kate. Appreciate you being with us. 204-780-6868. It's the Coaches Show on 680-CJOB. We're chatting with Steve. Steve, welcome to the Coaches Show.
2: Hi, Derek. Um, what I was going to ask Coach about, um, and he's won two more great cups as a head coach than I have, um, it is it's how easy it is to, or maybe not so easy it is, to forget about a loss like what happened the other day and and they play calgary i it, it's week thursday like i think it's 11 days from now something like that and, and 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 forgive me i'm not sure that i think calgary plays again before they come here correct. To play us if i'm not correct yeah okay so but i was going to say to coach that I, I know calgary lost 41-40 at home but calgary's a good team my friend and I, I know, I know you agree with me, Derek. Oh yeah, and, and of course BC's a good team because they beat them in Calgary, but but Calgary's a good team, and this is such a three way race. And I was just wondering, I you know, so I'll ask you since I've got you on the on the on the line, my friend. Mm-hmm. Do you not agree that it's that's I, I I'm sure the Bombers will win the West, but between us and BC and Calgary. Could you throw Saskatchewan maybe even into that? Like, is Saskatchewan. Is way race? No, probably not. I'll hang up. Yeah. But,
0: but, I mean, did you watch that BC-Calgary oh. game? It was bonkers, and Calgary's Calgary's a funny team, right? They look so good in spots, despite things that were going bad, and then all of a sudden they just cough up all those points and yards, and Nathan Rourke leads BC to a a one-point win. Like To me, there's a significant gap between the Riders, to me, would be in that second tier of teams, and then Calgary, BC and maybe Calgary ends up pushing down but Calgary BC and the Bombers in that in that top tier of teams there's a significant gap there the the key for me is if you finish first place in the west you only have to face one of calgary and bc i don't want to play them both if i'm literally any team that's uh, i don't want to play them both because they they both i mean both games with the bombers against calgary were one score games they mopped bc pretty good but be, i mean do you do you want to play bc one time with with all the marbles on the line oh my gosh that's that's terrifying they look great just one quick follow up i'm going to hang up there yeah
2: you used to be the voice of the riders. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. Please don't think I'm. <laughs> no, no.
0: Yeah. You know, From 19 no, to 21. That was me. Going, yeah.
2: What? <laughs> so you don't think that there, it's a four-way race in the West? I, I, I kind of, I just kind of disagree with you, my friend. I think it's a, I know the bombers are, are up, you know, I just think it's a four-way race. And I know okay. you want to finish first. I think it's a four-way race, especially what's happened, what's going to happen next. I think on it's the 25th. I'm going to hang up. But I think it's a four-way race in the West. And that's good. I think that's so good.
0: Well, just on that one, at the moment, the Rough Riders are four wins behind the Bombers. With So what faces them is they would have to win probably all three games against Winnipeg, and they still have two games to come against the Lions. Their schedule is brutal the rest of the way. It includes the Stampeders as well. They have got six unenviable games in their last – pardon me, seven in their last ten, which uh, I'm not a big uh, – Big fan of them having, well, being able to win them all, let's say that. So I think the Riders may be primed for a crossover and may feel like they could go to a great cup at home as the uh, East representatives. How good would that be? 204 Was We're trying to connect with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. I will take your questions. You and I could talk about the Bombers' first loss of the season. We're going to talk about the decision. Some folks in retrospective said, why didn't they punt the ball? On the final play of regulation, instead of having Mark Leggio kick it, why not punt it out of the back of the end zone and win the game that way? I've got some numbers on that and a little history as well. And we talked about it during the broadcast. We figured it would happen if the Bombers won the coin flip that Mike O'Shea would choose to go second in overtime instead of going first. Was that the right decision? Well, we'll tell you a little bit of what the history has on that. The phone lines, Greg is with us. Greg, welcome to the Coaches Show. Hello, this is my first time. Well, hey, congratulations. I wish Coach O'Shea was here for your first time, but I'm here to celebrate yeah. with you. How are you?
3: Unfortunately, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Yourself?
0: I, I'm doing all right. What What was your takeaway from the game on uh, Thursday?
1: Well, um, I think that, um, well, uh,
3: Legio, you know, has been doing an awesome job for us. He's really improved. And uh, I think it was, the pressure that got him, you know, it's only his second year, and uh, I think that uh, O'Shea, you know, being the awesome coach he is, he's going to, because he has a lot of patience, and he's going to uh, continue to have more patience with Legio, and um, and he's gonna he's gonna show him that uh, that it's worth it to keep the patience with him, and uh, I'm sure all the other players will
1: uh, be behind him as well.
0: Yeah, cuz for for whatever Legio season was in 2021, he's been pretty good this season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's I mean, he misses two in this in this past game. I don't believe he'd missed a kick in a couple weeks since then at least one that stood up after penalty. Uh his converts yeah. have been the problem. He'd only missed two field goals till this game. Uh as of right now on a on a value basis, Legio is the lowest ranked kicker in the league, but I mean, yeah. O'Shea sees what he likes in him.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I really think he's going to pull through and um and he's really good on his um his punts from
0: what I understand as well. He's he's been uh he's been he's about good. if you adjust for field position, he's been about a yard and a half above average. So he's he's doing really well with the punting so far. His kickoffs are yeah. good. Uh and the field goals and it just happens that these are critical field goals in one game and the Bombers lose because of a field goal.
1: All right. That sounds good for my first time. I'm going to leave it
0: at that. Well, Greg, I appreciate you calling in. Call in plenty more. Shoot shoot I us will. text. We love having you with us. I enjoyed it. Thank right. you very much. Thank you so much, Greg, with us on okay. the phone line. All right, let's talk about this because people have said, well, why didn't they kick the – why didn't they punt instead of trying a 32-yard field goal at the end? Why not punt, put the ball through the end zone, win by one, go home, 10-0 and to the break? Uh, Coach O'Shea was asked that in the post game, and he said, "I never even considered it. Didn't even consider it." Which, from Coach O'Shea's perspective, makes sense, right? He believes Mark Leggio is going to make kicks. He believes in the whole Mike Benson, Dakota Prukop, Mark Leggio system will be just fine and hammer one through the uprights. So here's what history tells us: thirty-two yard field goals the last sixteen years in the Canadian Football League field goals from where Leggio kicked. Or have been hit 82% of the time. 82% make rate on 32-yard field goals. 14% of them go through for a single. 14% for a single. That would have been enough to win the game. Leggio misses the kick, it goes through the end zone, they get a single. So 96% of the time, a field goal attempt in that spot, we would expect it under average conditions to be enough to win the game. As for punting it... We don't get a ton of evidence in that because coaches don't punt in that spot, right? The last example we can find is Riders coach Ken Miller doing it in 2010. And it's not exactly the same spot, but Saskatchewan playing Calgary this day in 2010, games tied at 37, almost no time left. Saskatchewan has the ball on Calgary's 28-yard line. They don't send out Luka Kanji for the field goal attempt. They say, hey, Eddie Johnson, punt this ball through the end zone and we can win this game. So Johnson from the 28, which, of course, then you're 15 yards back and you need to cover the 20 yards of the end zone. So it needs to be a 48 plus yard gross punt. Johnson rears back, hammers one, but doesn't get it out of the end zone. So Deion Murphy returns it out of the end zone. It ends up having to go to overtime. So... It seems like a 48-yard punt in the Bombers' case, what would have had to be a 46-yard punt, maybe 47 because the returner could reach up conceivably and pull it out of the air. It's it's just it's not a sure thing either. And if you're Coach O'Shea and you think, well, even if he, he doesn't even think of the numbers, 96% probability this ball goes through the uprights we win or out the end zone we win versus... Montreal sends 12 men to block a punt, and maybe maybe it ends that way, and maybe we lose in regulation. I see where he's coming from. It's – I know as Bomber fans, there's a thought about Leggio and, and what he is as a kicker, but in my mind, you, you do it. You, you do what Coach O'Shea does. It just – the punt is not a sure thing. I'd love to have more data on the punt. I'd love to know more about how often it happens and and what would happen if – but I have a tough time criticizing O'Shea for trusting his field goal kicker in that spot. Two oh four seven and oh sixty eight sixty eight, the place to be. Derek is on the line. Derek, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Um, I uh, totally agree with Michael Shea's decision. Well, I'm gonna hope
0: yeah. go with uh, that I on the back of the coaches show on my fan side. Like, yeah. Oh, we got a little we got uh, I got two of us on here. Oh, there we go. Sorry, Derek, it's it's your turn. You're up. Okay,
3: great. Okay, so I go. agree with the decision as well, going for the field goal. Uh, but here, here's my question for the coach. And, and I've seen it with many CFL teams, and I've seen it many times this year. We could go back to the uh, clock management of the Bombers in the first half against Calgary when they could have pretty much run off the clock at halftime with a three-point lead instead of giving Calgary the ball. Uh, make a mistake, Calgary goes against the field goal to tie it. But here's my question. So we're down on the 25-yard line. There's about 48 or 47. I can't remember the exact time left on the clock. Uh, We're first down, and we go in shotgun, we hand off the ball, and we allow our running back to get hit. So then we go, and he gets to think about two yards. So then we go on second down, where we could have just taken a knee and had the ball in the same position. We go into shotgun, we snap the ball, give it to Oliveira, and the ball comes out. Now, thank God there was no video evidence of that ball coming out. But why, why... like, it, like Mike, Michael Mike Shane. I'm not questioning Michael Shane. believe me, I'm not questioning, he's the best thing to have in the Winnipeg in my 50 years of being a fan. Um, why do you, like, he's a percentage guy. The high percentage thing there is to go and put Zach under center, take two knees, bring out your kicker, and kick the field goal, right? Even though he missed it, whatever. Right? But why do we go and what are we going to gain to hand off the ball two more times when we can take two knees with no handoff, no, no shot. new gun, voice of the running back in the center. Okay. Well, and then, well, you know, so I guess that's my question for Michael Shea, and I've seen it with other teams. Like, even at the end of the half, you'll see teams on the last play with four seconds left, hand off the ball, the running back, or throw a six-yard pass. What if that six-yard pass gets deflected at the, at the line of scrimmage and gets intercepted and run back, right? Like, why, like there's, the higher percentages take the knee, get into the, into the break. The higher percentage on last Thursday was to take two knees, they kick the field
0: goal. Well, let, let me hit you up on that, Derek. So they're at the 26-yard line. Like you say, Oliveira, one-yard run, olivera, one-yard run. The hope is Oliveira runs for more than one yard, right? And the hope is definitely that he doesn't fumble the ball. Like you say, that's well, – we that, that's cr- we,
3: we didn't need it. We didn't need him to get hit again, Oliveira. Like well, we were – we were in position to, to win the game. Well, we
0: here, and here's the thing though, at that point every yard matters, right? When it comes to the field goal attempts. I just cuz I'm a, I'm a I'm a field goal nerd. I have this up. From from where they were, they'd hit that field goal like we said about 82% of the time. If you could get that ball down inside the 20, pretend you're kicking a 25-yard field goal. Well, now those are made in the CFL ninety three percent of the time. So every yard buys you a greater chance of hitting the field goal, and certainly of getting the disastrous scenario of a single if you need it. So to me, that's that's why they're running. That's why teams run the football. They run the risk of Oliveira almost did fumble it. You're absolutely right. But to me, I, I think for me, that's the explainer as to why they run the football in that case instead of just kneeling it at, kneeling it down.
3: Okay. Well, I'd like you to ask Coach for that if you, if you do get him on 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 that because I'm just curious, right? I yeah, you know, like I, I agree with you with the percentages. You know, they get a nine percent better chance of yep. making that field goal, but but I mean, you you have to expect that your kickers going to make the 32 or 33 yard field goal regardless right yeah versus a 25 or a 27
0: whatever well so, and and that's the thing yeah if he if he made the field goal we're never talking about this but there is the chance okay. that it that you don't make field goals in this case and and it, sometimes it goes bad Derek thank you man I appreciate your call okay. appreciate you listening okay. maybe we call this the future coaches show because this guy's still got yeah. a lot of time left yeah. in him he is the quarterback Zach Kolaris how are you sir DT how you doing man I, I'm job, doing yeah. Can I call you future coach? Is that is that something you think about? Would you be good at that?
4: Uh, you know, it's something I've I've always thought about, but uh, I don't I don't plan on quitting anytime soon. So, but uh, but yeah, you, you
0: you can call me that, sure. The, the future coach. Don't do it like Magic Johnson did, where you just go, "Why can't you do the things I did when I was a player?" And people go, "Because you're different. You're different." You- yeah,
4: yeah, he's yeah, he's at another level. Magic yeah. and, uh, guys like that, yeah.
0: I, I love it. If you have questions for Zach, please do. It's 204 We've got him for, uh, for about 10 minutes. What do you, a couple of days after the fact, what do you take away from the game against Montreal, the 2017 finish here?
4: Yeah, again, you know, I think like I said afterward, it was, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of plays. Obviously, offensively, we'd like to have back, you know, myself, you know, first and foremost. Uh, you know, so when we get back, you know, I, I don't know how much we'll dwell on the film, but, you know, I, I know everybody's been watching it um and it, are disappointed yet at, you know, at the same time you know using this break to you know try to get back mentally and physically um so just just enjoying our time right now i'm, I'm out here on uh is it lake of the woods we're in kenora right now with uh, a couple of teammates and uh and our family so we're just we're just hanging
0: out and uh you know getting ready for the stretch run raucous time or relaxing time or a little uh, bit you know
4: when the kids a little bit of both. When the kids get to sleep here, me might be able might, might to relax a little bit. So
0: we'll see. I love it. I love it. Uh, Zach, yeah. we got some folks on the line who I'm sure would love to talk to you. Do you mind taking a couple calls? Yeah, whatever you need. He is the quarterback, Zach Kalaris And James joins us on the line. James, thanks for listening. Uh, you got a question for the quarterback, Zach Kalaris Well, I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, first of all, when you... Okay.
3: Go ahead, James. Well, uh, when you have the praise of the game, do you think you could turn the music down a little bit because as older people sometimes have a hard time hearing all the
0: plays where this music Sometimes it gets pretty loud. Oh, in the, in the post game show, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We can absolutely do that. Yeah. It's it, sometimes the, the mix of audios coming through each, each individual's radio can be different, but we can absolutely yeah, do that you know.
3: for sure. Thank you very much. And, and also uh, congratulations to Zach for being such an outstanding player. We've got an amazing one loss record. I think he's only lost three games. That's, Amazing and when he came here, he had uh, this the quarter, the semifinal, and then the final end of Jerry Cup to play first three games here. that's quite a welcome, you know.
4: Yeah, that- I appreciate, I appreciate it, of- It's been a it's been a great run. We got a, a great group of guys. It's a great organization, and uh, you know, obviously, we have a great fan base. So I really appreciate your support.
3: And and do you do any kind of special conditioning, like so you could throw the ball when you're in the grass? or being chased, because it seems like you can throw the ball better when you're being chased than some quarterbacks can when they're in the pocket. Uh,
4: you know, I, I think it's something that I've always, uh, you know, done since I was a kid, you know, just in the backyard, running around, throwing the football. And, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, you have to try to make it a point of emphasis, you know, during practice to work those different things. And, and you can use it as a conditioning drill. So I try to mix it in a little bit. But, uh, you know, but a lot of it is just, you know, from growing up and playing, you know, you know, out in the neighborhood with my friends.
3: Thank you very much. And that was an amazing game from Montreal's perspective. They really gave you guys everything you could handle there. So I know you guys are do good and we hope to see you in the the finals in the Great Cup again. Another win. Thank you.
0: Thank you. James, thanks for your call. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, interesting point James makes, Zach. A lot of the stuff, it's it's we think of it as schoolyard football, and maybe in the 80s it it, it, we, it was, but I feel like guys now train for these situations, which would have been four and 30 years ago. Guys train for one-handed catches, you know, under under pressure. You, you would... I I'm assuming dedicate some training to, okay, well I got to scramble around and keep the play alive so I can hit Dalton shown in the rum hut end zone for a touchdown. Like you, you would work on that now.
5: Yeah.
4: Dalton, Dalton's pretty good at the scramble drill. We get some, some really good guys, that stuff, but uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's kind of the opposite for me. Uh, DT, I, I'm, I'm more of a, I have to really try to work on, uh, the fundamentals of things and, and the, uh, the running around stuff has always kind of come natural to me. So, uh, I've had some coaches in the past say, "Hey, if you if you can figure out their stuff, you'll be really good." You know, along <laughs> with the, along with the running around, but the the fact that you throw the ball, you know, fairly well on the run, you know, we know that you can figure this out at some point. So I I try to really uh, spend time on the other stuff.
0: I love it. I love it. And as uh, Bomber fans, it is it is incredibly incredibly exciting. Derek is with us on the line. Derek, have you got a question for uh, the quarterback Zach Collars? Uh, actually, it's a little unfortunate,
5: uh, Coach O'Shea. I had a question more for about the rules, uh, but I would like to take the chance to thank Zach for everything he's done in the last few years. It's just been surreal, almost to watch. You know, you know, like it was, yeah, just so crazy. The, every game, it just seems like we're going to win the every game. And just yeah, it's pretty cool to see that. But uh, yeah, like, do, do you mind if I ask a question about the rules, Eric?
0: No, no, by all means.
5: Um, I'm just like in Zach. I'm not sure if you watched the uh, Hamilton Toronto game or if you watched the uh, the Edmonton game. Pyramiding, uh, but there there is some like the, the pyramiding. Like, like yeah. what, what, is this achieving something? Well, is this, is this achieving their goal that they're they they're trying to when they put that rule in? Like these like these are just guys shooting the gap. It just like doesn't seem to me like seems like they're throwing nylon for no reason.
0: The one in the game in Montreal, the Bombers game in Montreal, that was legit, right? Mike Moore uses another guy to propel himself up. The Edmonton one, that was just number 19 jumping over two dudes and getting in there. And if I, Glenn Suter, I think, said it best on the broadcast, if that is in fact the rule and that's how the rule is interpreted, they need to change how the rule is interpreted because being smarter than the guy attempting to block you should not be a penalty. I'm with you.
5: Yeah, and I, yeah, no. I just kind of wanted to sort of ask because like, I, I understand Bush is on the, the rules committee, and you know, maybe for his what he thinks of that, then maybe he could put some feedback in with the with the league on that, right?
0: Yeah, i i think I think some work needs to be done uh, in that respect. Derek, thanks for your call. Appreciate you being with us.
5: Yeah, good. keep up the good work, Derek.
0: All right, Derek, nice enough to be with us at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Zach pyramiding, I, I'm assuming you're in favor of the pyramiding penalty, seeing as how it helped in the Montreal game, the game in Montreal.
4: Yeah, but if it's called against us then I'm not in favor, so it's just, ah. uh, <laughs> Obviously. I, you know, I didn't I didn't see those two examples, but uh you know, talking to a couple uh of my of my teammates in the locker room the last couple of days, I I guess it's kind of been all over the place. So and, I, and the one in Montreal I didn't see either, so um yeah, I, I'm, sure the, I'm sure they'll find a way to get together,
0: and I know uh, you know, Osh is usually spearheading a lot of those discussions. Uh, we have some other special guests coming on the other side of Zach, but I have to ask you uh, about this one. Uh, the decision in overtime to put the defense out first and put your offense out second. Do you like it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you neutral on it? Where are you on that?
4: I'm sure that you have a stat saying uh, that uh, you should go one way or the other. <laughs> yes, I do.
0: Uh, I do, in fact, you know, yeah.
4: However, I would, you know, I'd I'd probably err on the side of, you know, letting the other team go first. Uh, Again, I I don't know what your stat is, but I would let them uh, go first and then see, you know, what we have to do offensively. But I'm, I'm guessing that you have something that that goes against
0: that. Well, in it's it's very well known in soccer that if you get penalties, you go first. If if it comes down to a penalty shootout, you go first. There was a study really? done that said 60 percent of the time, the team that goes goes first wins. So I was I was curious to look at it one day in the in the CFL. Uh, in the last gosh since 2004, the team that goes first in overtime has won 31 times and lost 18 times. So significant. Benefit okay. on the record to going first
4: is sixty percent in soccer that big of a variance to really is that is that, that oh. big a
0: difference well I mean it, would you rather have six dollars so or four dollars right
4: yeah i guess I guess you're right if yeah. your next contract's six hundred or four hundred you do put pressure on the, you do put pressure on the other team right you yeah know, regarding what you do first in the great Cup we win first, so
0: but yeah. Hamilton chose to go second right.
4: Yeah, I think that's kind of the default thing to do. You yeah, know, you're not really you're not really worried about weather conditions at that point, right? Yeah, because both both teams have to go the right way. Yeah, or, I, I apologize the same way, right? So yeah, that's interesting.
0: You you're, you're uh, but you you love the thought of going second in that case.
4: Yeah, you know I, I'd rather know what we need. Yeah, you know I I know it didn't work out the other night for us, but uh, I I guess that would be. The same reason you you want to kick off first a lot of the time, right? You get the ball in the second half and you, you get it first. I, I don't know. That's, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's yeah. it's one of those things that uh, it we we look at it because of the result of the game, right? We look at this because this happened and that's how it will go. But uh, it, just uh, I, I I always like getting an actual player's uh, you know uh, an actual player's view of of the game because it's totally it can be totally different from and it includes so many things that. You know, the numbers don't really spit out to us. Zach, I appreciate you jumping on with us, man. Thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your bye week, and we'll see you next week. I appreciate it, DT. Take care. He is the quarterback, Zach Kalaris, Nice enough to jump in on uh, the Coach's Show with us. Special edition of the Coach's Show where we talk to some of the stars of the Bombers, including this gentleman to whom I owe a huge apology. He's Bombers left tackle Stanley Bryant. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I do owe you a massive apology, though. What happened? So I I went to, at practice last week. I went looking for guys who are stylish, and I thought I want to know what guys think of these these alternate jerseys. And I thought I don't who's stylish. So I asked some folks, and they gave me two names. And then I totally forgot how good you look when you go to the CFL Awards, picking up your offensive lineman awards with those I don't know are they velvet suits or whatever it is. Like you, I I can't believe I blanked on how good you dress.
6: Oh, yeah. Well, that's only certain occasions I dress well. Other than that, it's just a normal day for me.
0: <laughs> I feel you. What did you think of the alternate jerseys? As my style maven, what did, what do you think of the alternate jerseys you guys got to rock on Thursday? I liked them. Um, I like the all blue. I mean, I wore the pants before, but
6: then just to add the jersey and then I'll add all the accessories with the, the blue tape on the shoes and the wrists and stuff like that. And then it also just, just made guys look like real good and and slim and fit, especially a big guys. So I especially love that part about it.
0: The darker colors, hey? Uh, I don't own a single white T-shirt because I need slim and, slim and fit. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Uh, we have a rare opportunity because Stanley is on the line with us. And, Stanley, I hope you might have a question for Bomber star tackle Stanley Bryant. Oh, we may not have yeah, – St- well, oh, there you are, Stanley. Yeah, I'm here.
3: I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Okay. Oh. Uh, I, I got. A, I need clarification on on a particular rule. I just tuned in I, because I worked late tonight. Sure. And I don't. I don't. I don't know if the question was asked or not. But explain to me the CFL rules. Then you can make contact with a receiver for the first five yards. Yards. Correct. Correct. And after five yards, you can't make contact with the receiver, correct?
0: Well, you can't, I forget the exact wording, but you can't uh, inhibit his ability to catch the football.
3: Okay. When I watched the game, when I watched the game, okay, I saw uh, at least three times during the game, there was clearly after five yards contacting with the receiver and pass interference is not called. Mm-hmm. And my and my comment about the game is uh, Stanley Bryant may not like to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyways. The O line did a mediocre job in pass protection for the quarterback. Oh, that's how I feel,
0: Stanley. What What did you feel like coming out of the game, Stanley Bryant? How did you feel coming out of that game? Um, I
6: mean we we want some plays back. I mean I think uh um, we probably did we're gonna probably play up to our best. Um but I mean this is just one week. I mean we have gotta continue to, to find a way to, to get better each and every week. You know, things happen in the game and we just gotta continue to fight and, and play the game that we we know how to play. But we'll be better.
0: And and then uh Stanley Bryant to Stanley the caller's first point, uh these uh, these receivers and defensive backs, they don't really get to abuse each other. How do you feel about that when all you do is abuse a guy and have him abuse you? They got so many rules for these other guys.
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just how the league is. You know, the league is um, they want to see guys get open, they want to see guys go touchdown. So, I mean, I have no issue with that as long as our guys get open and, and they can make plays. I mean, but as far as the offensive D line, I mean, it's the trenches. I mean, it's always a war. So, I mean, it's, it's good to watch if you tune in. To the trenches, but if you want to watch the little skill guys run around and catch ball, that's, that's
0: fine, too. <laughs> some, of, some of us like the big guys moving bodies, and we enjoy it. Uh, Stanley, I appreciate you popping on with us. Thank you, man. appreciate your time. Uh, please do enjoy the rest of your bye week, and we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, man. He's Stanley Bryant. He's the Bombers' star tackle. Nice enough to join us in the coach's show. We also have another special guest. He is the Bomber's defensive end, Willie Jefferson. Willie, how are you, sir?
7: I'm good, man. I'm blessed.
0: I like it. I like it. How are you feeling? A few days out from from the first loss of the year, how are you feeling?
7: I'm feeling good. Feeling like I'm ready to go again.
0: <laughs> what to,
7: What are you hoping to take
0: away? You've got a few days off. What are you hoping to take away from the bye week? Are, are you just champing at the bit to get back, or, or do you have some uh, you know relaxing or skill building to do in the meantime, in your mind?
7: Uh... I don't know about any skill building i'm gonna be doing some relaxing i'm putting my uh putting my my baby's nursery together oh boy i'm putting, putting some putting some furniture together cleaning cleaning some stuff out
0: oh boy are you are you a rage builder like will you get enraged building this furniture or are you pretty calm with that stuff?
7: I'm pretty calm. Because I, I usually do it at nighttime when everybody sleeps, so I can do it by myself.
0: That's, that's smart. I like that. I like that. I, I will end up wanting to smash whatever I attempt to build because just one gadget doesn't go the right way. It's, it's, going, to be, uh, it's going to be infuriating for me. Uh, we got a couple of questions from folks who texted into the show, Willie. I, I'd love to throw by you if you're cool with that. Let's do it. Bomber fan Vic says, I'm always curious when the players get off the field and look at the iPads, what, what are you looking at?
7: Uh, we're looking at the previous plays, so we're looking at we're looking at so defense, so defensive guys, so defensive line. We're looking at uh, pass sets. We're looking at QB drops. We're looking at uh, running back protection, where he's coming out, where he's like what he's doing, and things like that. And like like DBs and linebackers, they're probably just looking at like route combinations and stuff like that. And if you're from the offensive side of the ball, you're just looking at. Uh, coverages and like where uh like where line like where uh linebackers and uh B are coming from if it's a blitz and things like that and just looking at uh how we rotate and stuff. So that's pretty much the only thing you really look at on the iPad is just constant play recognition, play reparations, you know I mean replays, you know you yeah. just keep replay plays. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be because you 'cause you don't get the iPad until you come off the field. So you get to see first, second, third down, or if it's a long drive, you get to see every last single one of those plays during the drive.
0: Are, are you looking for stuff that you hadn't seen in film leading up to it? Are you looking for different stuff, stuff that might be specific to that day, or are you just watching and you'll absorb it as it comes?
7: It's a little bit of everything. So you basically like so going into a game, you know, certain teams, you know, certain teams have certain plays. Mm-hmm. So when you go out on so like when you go out on the field, you know, you you recognize plays, you stop it, or you know you know, whatever, and then, you know, sometimes teams come out with different plays, and then, like, sometimes when you get to the sideline, if you stop that play or if they, you know, completed it but didn't get a, a, as big of a, a gain as they wanted to, and, you know, we still got off the field, you want to get off the field and you want to see that play so when you see that formation or that alignment or, you know, route combination again, right? you know how to put it, and, you know, if you want to, like, you know, if you want to jump it, if you want to wait for it, if you want to, you know what I'm saying, if you want to run it down or whatever.
0: I got you. I got you. And I, I, one, because we don't have t- a ton of time left, but I just want to ask you because I was charting the, charting the Montreal game uh, this afternoon before I came into the office here. You, you and Jackson, and I don't know if one of you got it from the other, but your get off on certain plays is. You you're starting to sprint and then, and then the ball gets snapped. And I'm curious, without giving away state secrets, what kind of things are you watching for? I assume the movement of the ball, but sometimes it feels like you you go and knowing that the ball is about to be moved.
7: Well, definitely. It's anticipation. It's just is this something that you gotta build as a as a as a defensive end, as a defensive lineman or anybody that's coming off the ball and you wait on the ball. Uh you go off of, uh cadence. Yeah, quarterback Cadence, quarterback Cadence, uh, offensive line. Uh, can you use waggling receivers as a guide sometimes? You can, you can, but you know sometimes like you, you but you know sometimes receivers, some, sometimes receivers are laid off the ball, right? And sometimes and then sometimes receivers, so it's a difference. So, so with me being a yard off the ball, if I'm a little bit over the over the line, I'm offside, right? But if the receiver that's waggling is a little bit over the line, it's fine when the ball is when the ball is hiked, he's on top, yep, so if I'm going off of him and we both cross the line at the same time, I'm off sides. Yep. yeah, and they'll call it, and they'll call that you know what i'm saying so i I can go off the, i do and i you know what I'm saying, and they some people do go off of the the receiver waggle, but like I just said sometimes it it can bite you.
0: Yeah, I I feel you. I I appreciate you jumping on with us, Willie. We had a little bit of a a thing going here, but I appreciate you giving us some time during your bye week. Uh, Have a fantastic week, and we'll see you back uh, next week in advance of the Calgary game.
7: Oh, most definitely, man. Y'all know where I'm
0: at. Holla at me. (laughs) He is Willie Jefferson, the Bomber star defensive, and nice enough to jump on with us on the coach's show. Appreciate your texts and your calls. Coach O'Shea back in studio next week right here on 680 CJOB.